0: Hey, you. Yeah, you. Love the show and want more content? Well, now you have the opportunity to help support the show through Apple subscriptions and Patreon. You'll get a shout out on the show and you'll also have exclusive access to not one, but two extra quick take episodes every week. Just subscribe through Apple Podcasts or head over to MultiplayerSquad.com to see our Patreon page. We appreciate the love and support that you have all shown us. Now, on to what is sure to be our greatest episode ever. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are a family-friendly podcast about gaming hosted by two friends, We are fresh back from a two-week break over Christmas. We hope that you guys enjoyed a couple of those Rewind episodes that we provided in the meantime. We did want to spend a little bit more time with our family around Christmas and to get ready to hit the new year running. For this first episode of 2022, we are going to be taking a look back and offering some of our thoughts on this year in gaming. I am your host, Paul, and joining me... He is a far better podcast host than 2021 was for gaming. Josh, we're back. How are you doing, buddy? Dude, I am rested. I'm feeling <laughs>
1: great. I've been on vacation all this week. I mm-hmm. it, it, like things could not be much
0: better, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I am just getting over being sick. I was actually quite sick on Christmas day. You might be able to pick that up a little bit in my voice. I have a suspicion by the end of this episode, it, it's going to start to go. So I just want to give everyone a fair warning here. Way to, way to gut it out for the people, Paul. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a huge sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we jump into today's content, we do want to give a couple of shout outs. We do have a couple of new Patreon supporters. Yes, buddy. We want to give a big thank you to Scrump227, which is a new Rare supporter on Patreon. And we also have Eric Black, who I'm going to call a half-Epic supporter because he chose a custom amount, which is more than Rare, but it's half of Epic. So thank you, Eric. I guess you're (laughs) half-Epic. Would that be? half Sure. Epic. Epic, sure. (laughs) Epic supporter, one of a kind. Oh, man. But yes, thank you so much to Scrump and to Eric. Thank you to all the rest of you who are also uh, Patreon supporters. We really appreciate that you guys help support the show and help keep it running. And then, Josh, I think you've got a couple of new reviews that have rolled in that you want to read. I do. We've gotten a lot more reviews,
1: especially over the two-week break. We are quickly approaching 300 reviews, uh, which is insane to me. Every time I check them and I see a new one in there, I just get excited. Uh, and so I'm not going to be able to read all the new ones, so I'm just going to read a couple. But you know, hopefully, we'll be able to catch up because I know people love you know writing the review and then uh, hearing them on the show as well. So... All right, so I'll pick two for today. Start off the uh, the new year right. This first one comes in from Jesus is My Friend, and it's titled Perfect Score, Five Out of Five Waffles.
0: Mm. (laughs) Ooh, I like where Mm. this is going.
1: I've been listening to this show for the last year, and it has become one of my staples. Though I'm mostly an Xboxer and do not own a PC, single tier, I still enjoy the back and forth between you two and the taste of sweet nostalgia when you guys recount the games of yesteryears. A ray of hope in these dark days. Keep up the good work. Signed,
0: The Bev. (laughs) Now, Well, thank you, Jesus is my friend, and I'd like to welcome you to Team Sanity, We are the ones who prefer waffles over pancakes, and we're happy to grow by one.
1: You know, this war has got to come to an end at some point, Paul. But it is not (laughs) this day. (laughs) All Uh, right. And then this next one, five stars, this one's titled... uh, Or this one comes in from Someone Stole My Phone. (laughs) Nice. And it's titled Goated Podcast. And it says, I don't have an iPhone, so I stole one just to write this. This is the best gaming podcast you can find. The hosts make it very interesting, and the Discord server is super awesome. There are lots of debates and game reviews, and there is also a really cool squad leader who has great taste in games. Join it. Signed, Lyric on Wii. So Lyric's nice. been around for a while. Uh, great guy. Definitely is a participates a lot so for people that don't know we do kind of reward uh the people that contribute a lot on discord um, that maybe can't support the show on patreon every month we kind of reward the top three contributors on discord uh with the special role and that's the squad leader role and lyric got that and so i think that's a little bit of rubbing that in just a little you know but kudos <laughs> a bit as of a well brag. <laughs> yeah of course man i'm i'm, I'm down with that
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Lyric. And yes, we are very happy to have you on Discord. We love the constant contribution. If any of you guys out there want to join, there's a link in the episode description. And I think the last thing we wanted to cover for housekeeping is that Spotify has released a new feature where you can now rate podcasts on a scale of one to five stars. Now, this is really important for me and Josh, because a majority of our listeners come from the world of Apple, and we've really been trying to grow our Spotify audience. So if you have already left a review and have rated us in Apple, we would love it if you don't mind also doing that in Spotify. You do need to listen to at least one podcast for 30 seconds, and then please rate us five stars over there. That way, our podcast can continue growing.
1: Yeah, this is actually really huge because Apple's had most of the market when it comes to podcasting. Spotify's been making huge uh, leaps and bounds into that. But one thing that Spotify always lacked was the rating system because as people rate podcasts, they move up in the search engine. Uh, and so whereas we are ranked very, very high in Apple, Spotify, it's a little bit harder to find the podcast. And the beauty of Spotify is everybody has access to Spotify. So Android and Apple users both. So it would mean the world to us if you would go to Spotify. You can just search Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. You'll see our logo. And then if you have not listened on Spotify, because uh, I'll i be honest, I don't. I use Apple Podcasts. So I had to play one episode. 30 seconds in, you can just stop, and then it'll let you rate the show. But if you guys could rate us five stars, it will immensely help other people find the show on Spotify, which is huge because they're making so many gains into the podcasting world. It's super important for us. So if you guys don't mind to just take a few seconds to do that, it is a great help to the show.
0: Yeah, and while in the past, while we have jokingly asked people to steal iPhones and leave reviews for the show, Spotify, you don't need to steal anything. Anyone can download and use it. You can uh, do it on desktop, you can do it on mobile, and please rate us five stars over there. Uh, We'd really appreciate it. All right, so Josh, 2021 as a whole for gaming, when I think of this year, I think of video game delays... I think of video game disappointments. Disappointments. (laughs) (laughs) It was a really underwhelming year. We've already said that in previous episodes. We did break down the game awards just a little bit. Uh, But I think you and I are of the same mind, right? 2021 was a down year
1: for gaming. It was definitely a down year. Now, that's not to say that there weren't good games that existed. That's not what we're saying at all. But a while back, we did Best Year of Gaming Ever. If you remember, we did an episode on that. Yes. And there were a few years where it was very difficult to actually pick like a year and say this is great because so many amazing games released, you know, during that year. And I feel like 2021 will never ever no. be in consideration for just oh man, this was one of those years where gaming just was great. <laughs> So it it really was a disappointment. I mean, I do love, I absolutely love some of the games that I'm sure we're about to talk about. But overall, it was just meh.
0: Yeah, this year really missed the heavy hitters at the top. I always love when you've got games like God of War and Red Dead 2, and we're all going to argue Over Which one deserves it as that half inch higher than the other game because they're both so good. And this year, I just feel like we didn't really have that. We also did have the disadvantage of a ton of games being pushed to next year. I have a little bit of a list here, Josh. Oh, A lot of these games we did preview on our podcast and then we would always joke saying that we were cursed. Because anytime we talk about a game being released, it gets delayed. So here are not, this is not an extensive list. It's just a few of the games that were supposed to come out in 2021 and we're still waiting Rainbow Six Extraction. Oh, Dying Light 2. Elden Ring. Oh. (laughs) Horizon Forbidden West. Ghostwire Tokyo. God of War at Ragnarok. Gotham Knights. Gran Turismo 7. Hogwarts Legacy. Resident Evil Reverse. The multiplayer that we did not ask for, but we are still waiting. The Lord of the Rings Gollum and Final Fantasy 16. What? a! To we, to we just can't
1: talk about games. We're a gaming podcast, but we're not going to talk about games that we want to play anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of those got pushed. And I feel like God of War Ragnarok is probably going to be making a push for best game. I think Elden Ring is probably going to do that, too. You know, it it just feels like we just missed so much. It feels like half of a year that we experienced in twenty twenty one, just because of all the delays.
1: It's true. I, I mean, it's understandable. I think I don't think there's a gamer out there that doesn't kind of nod their head and just go, "Yeah, I get it." I, you know, yes, a lot of things were delayed. It was twenty twenty one. You know, COVID's still going on. You know, a lot of people aren't back into the offices and the studios and stuff like that. So I think we all like just have that base understanding of why games are getting pushed back into 2022, I think at the same time, we're also learning that that's okay. I used yeah. to be the world's biggest complainer about games getting delayed and saying like, oh no, you know, ah, oh, this sucks so bad. I remember getting so mad. Like literally, I was angry when Cyberpunk <laughs> kept getting pushed back, you know, and everybody yeah, was yeah. trolling me and all that stuff and then it released and I just went, oh man, that's on me. That sucks. They should They should have taken more time. And so, I think we're also seeing that it's okay to delay these games, but when they release, they better be right at this point. And I feel like that's a transition that kind of happened in 2021. You know, I think there were rumblings of it beforehand. There was a lot of the, you know, hey, quit pre ordering games and stuff like that. And then we'll, I'm sure, we'll talk about a few disappointments that happened in 2021. Because of that. But I feel like there, even though it was a down year in gaming, I feel like there was definitely some positives that came about from just like the, the overall gaming mindset.
0: Yeah. All right. So I think the way we want to break down this episode is that we have a total of 11 categories. I don't know if we'll get through all of them or not, but we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. So like you said, not just the highlights, but also some of the disappointments. And I think the major question we need to answer, though, from the outset, are we going to include Halo Infinite or not as a candidate for these categories? Because the Game Awards was on December 9th, and so they had their cutoff. They did not include Halo Infinite as a possible nominee or winner. Should we include it or not? What year did Halo Infinite release, Paul? It released in 2021. Then I say we include it. We include it? Okay. I mean,
1: my thinking is that we're talking about the year in gaming, 2021 uh-huh. year in review, and if it released in 2021, then I think it bears at least consideration.
0: Okay, so we're saying any game that released January 1st all the way through December 31st 2021 is eligible for all these categories. I think so. All right. Well, let's just start off with the heavy hitter, Josh. Best game. What do you got uh,
1: for 2021? Uh, Battlefield 2042. No, bro. no, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> best game, <laughs> best game overall. Halo Infinite. Like, yeah. okay, I, I'm going to preface this. I know there's listeners out there that may not be huge first-person shooter fans. That's okay. Like, we get. Not everybody loves first-person shooters. Now, our friend group, we genuinely enjoy them. They're multiplayer. They're competitive. They're social. So they fit a lot of what we enjoy there are a lot of games that we have covered that are not first-person shooters. And so, you know, hopefully that comes out through the show. But when you talk about what's the best game overall that released in 2021, I mean, I can't think of something that's more deserving than Halo Infinite. This was a game that was delayed. They had a, 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 a long gameplay demo over a year ago that was very critically uh just trashed
0: (laughs) yeah for for
1: being bad including us right i mean that's what i'm saying we trashed this hard man uh when that came out they said you know what we're gonna delay it and instead of delaying it a month or two they said we're just we're delaying it it's gonna be a whole year guys and everybody booed and and hissed and all that stuff and then you know there wasn't a lot of hype They showed, you know, the grapple hook, they showed some stuff, people kind of slammed it, we slammed it, all that. And then all of a sudden there was this Halo beta test for the multiplayer. And everybody hopped in and went, Whoa, this This is a home run. This is pretty good, man. Now (laughs) I get it's a beta, but if this is what the beta looks like, then we have a lot of hope for this game. And then they did something that was just completely out of the blue, that was a huge hit with gamers. We're not a hard bunch to please. And that was the surprise release of the Halo multiplayer fully. They said, look, boom, we didn't announce it. We're releasing it to the world. Here you go. We hope you enjoy. It's free to play. And it is absolutely top notch. If you're not a first person shooter gamer, trust us. This game is amazingly fun. It's very well polished. There are some matchmaking issues Big Team Battle has its issues that we fight with every day when we hop on. But this was an amazing release to the world that was free. And then they said, hey, by the way, there's a campaign that's going to release in about a month after the multiplayer. And we all went, the multiplayer is good enough. Yeah.
0: Right?
1: I and don't even know camp- if I
0: need a campaign. right?
1: I, I, am I going to pay $60 for this campaign? Like when I can just play multiplayer for free and have a blast. And this campaign released... We both played
0: it. What'd you think, Paul? Oh, it's absolutely fantastic.
1: Absolutely incredible. It's one of the best first-person shooter campaigns I have played in a long time. So when you have phenomenal multiplayer that's free to the world, and you tack on an absolutely incredibly well-done campaign, what else can you ask for?
0: Yeah, I'm completely with you. I mean, taking Halo to an open-world setting, I was a little hesitant. I was curious to see how it would work. It's essentially like the Ubisoft model, right? It's like, go to this tower, unlock the objectives in this area, and then you move on, and you you do the main missions, you've got all the optional side stuff, but it, it works incredibly well. Giving the grapple hook and letting you upgrade it lets you transport around maps very quickly, Having the ability to call in vehicles and to have your, you know, AI controlled teammates jump into the vehicle with you and you can take them on missions is awesome. I, I have nothing really bad to say about the multiplayer or the campaign. I mean, are they perfect? No, we still deal with the bugs for big team battle every time. We're able to queue once, twice if we're lucky, and we have to disband, make a new group leader, make sure the group's open, cross your fingers, maybe it'll start. Yeah. Um, but for such a minor wart on on the game, it's fantastic. It's well worth $60 for the campaign. And even if you don't want to drop that, just pick up the multiplayer for free. And I still think it's probably the game of the year winner.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm trying to be more conscious of us having recency bias in games that we play. That happens to everybody. I don't think that that's, you know, a, like a fault necessarily, but it's something that as we do this longer and longer, I want to try to keep in mind and say, Hey, are, are we loving this game because we're currently playing it? Or is this a great game overall? And that's the, the beauty of our leaderboard on our website is sometimes I look back and I go, what was I thinking? Like, I murdered It Takes Two. And what's funny is when we were talking about it, I'm like, oh no, that's a great game, man. That game's super fun to play with a buddy or something. And then somebody was like, Well, you murdered it. And I went, Did I? (laughs) You were pretty low. Did I murder that game? Okay, so maybe, you know, maybe it was the time that we were playing it. Maybe I felt like I was grinding through it, whatever. But that's the beauty of the leaderboard, is it's, you know, hey, this these are our thoughts. And with Halo Infinite, it's just a complete game from start to finish. It's got a good story. It's got amazing gameplay. It's got great graphics, sound design. The multiplayer is top-notch. You can play with up to 11 friends. So you and 11 of your buddies can actually hop in and play this game together, and that's unheard of in just about anything that's not an MMO in the last, I don't know, five to 10 years at this point. And so it just checks all of the boxes that it needs to check. The only reason I could think that anybody wouldn't like this game is simply that they don't like first-person shooters. And if you don't, hey, that's completely understandable. But at least you know understand why we're saying that Halo Infinite is the best game of 2021.
0: Yeah. For such a weak year, it was such a fresh breath of air to get this right at the end to, in order to squeeze it in. If we said that Halo Infinite was not eligible the game I was going to pick is Valheim, oh, which actually my came <laughs> out all the way back in February. It was a very early 2021 pick. And when we were talking about what episodes to re-release over the Christmas break, I immediately thought of Valheim because I thought it would be fun to re-release that episode. Cause we loved the game. Todd came back for that episode. So he's on there with our third host at the time. And in re-listening to that episode, I really wanted to jump back into Valheim. I, I, I thought in my head, I said, I don't think I can talk my friends into it. I just want to start over fresh. I want a brand new world, start from scratch and just go all the way through Valheim again. I, I looked forward every day to being able to finish work so I could jump into our dedicated server and just start collecting more mats and working on our base, getting more gear. Cooking more soups and sausages. <laughs> I, I thought Valheim was so much fun. I, I I can't wait for there to be true DLC to come out for it because I want to play it more. I am with you 100%.
1: I don't want to spoil any of these future categories, but you can bet I'm going to be talking about Valheim uh, later in this episode. But I'm with you 100% in that if if it was not for Halo Infinite, it would be a very easy pick for me to say that Valheim was the best that happened in 2021
0: yeah and it's cheap i believe it's, it's still 20 dollars, 20 bucks yeah. man and isn't <laughs> yeah. it like a gigabyte for a download i think it's something it's, like 1.4 gigs it's
1: it could, wild
0: it, it's possible this could just be like the perfect game <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, there's there's really our, our only complaint if you will is just that we ran out of content you know, yes. that's literally all, all that we could say. And there is about some
1: it. work that has to be done to set up the dedicated server. It would be really, really nice if it was just an easy thing to do within the game because setting up a dedicated server does require a little bit of effort and some Google searching on how to do that. Now, it's not overly complicated, it's just not intuitive by any means.
0: Yeah, when you have to like reveal hidden files and then edit the text inside these files and resave it all, it's a little bit of a headache, but right. we we did figure it out. All right, now let's go into our next category here. So, we talked about best game, let's talk about most disappointing release. And we've got a <sighs> lot of nominees in this There's, category. I, <laughs>
1: this is this is the part where it's just like, man, why is this a thing? Yeah. Right. Like, why is this a category that I have to be disappointed with a game that I was looking forward to? Now, this is not a category where I go, that game looks stupid. I'm not playing it. That's not my kind of game. And then I'm going to slander the game because I, everybody's different. Like, for me, Animal Crossing would be torture. Like, if you told me, Josh, you have to sit down and play Animal Crossing for eight hours, I would just be like, no, you know, but uh, so that's not this. This is a game that at least, you know, I know, I was very hyped for. And then it released and I just went, wait, that's it? It's or you know, this sucks. <laughs> like, wait, what yeah. happened? You know, what happened to the hype train? Um, this was an easy one for me. Battlefield 2042.
0: Yeah, it's kind how of the much, obvious answer. How
1: much did I hype that game, dude? I mean, I I was talking about, dude, we're going to have multiple squads. Listeners can play because we can have, you know, we can squad up. And I'd love to have the multiplayer gaming podcast just rocking 16 people in Battlefield 2042. I can't wait to pilot a chopper again and get my old skills back. Uh, You know, all this stuff. And then it's terrible, Paul. It's like <laughs> if people haven't heard our episode on Battlefield 2042, you need to go check it out. But it just this missed the mark so much for us that
0: I we we could not slander it any harder than we did in our episode (laughs) (laughs) i i saw a post on reddit just a couple days ago i just dm'd it to you i don't know if you've already seen it but it's the five stages of grief for battlefield (laughs) 2042 and this cracked me up so much because it says denial i'm having a blast battlefield 4 was also bad at launch no single player means more multiplayer content then you move into anger I paid a hundred dollars for no scoreboard, no classes, and seven <laughs> awful maps. That's the best meme I've ever seen. <laughs> then it goes into bargaining. Maybe the player base will come back during Christmas. Then it goes into depression. Battlefield 5 has a higher player base, <laughs> which oh is not goodness. a good sign. And the next Battlefield is a hero shooter, and then acceptance. I accept that Battlefield is dead forever. <laughs> It, it might be
1: true. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Battlefield. Oh, man. I, you know what? Not poor Battlefield. Poor gamers, dude. Like, Fair I don't enough. feel bad for Battlefield at all. Like, I mean, my love of the franchise maybe, but like, this is, I really hope that this is a learning experience for us as gamers to just say, look, we can't, we can't let this keep happening. I I have seen a couple people that play Battlefield 2042 and go, I like it. And dude I am so happy for those people like we want nothing more than people to enjoy the video games that they play you, you know I, I don't I don't wish you know anger or any of that stuff on anybody so if you're having fun with it that's awesome but as a whole, this game to me was the biggest disappointment of the entire year because I thought it was going to be something great they knew exactly which trailers to show and buttons to push to get. Fans of the Battlefield series hyped for this, and then just completely failed in every way possible.
0: Yeah, my short list included Battlefield. It also included New World, which New World we was second on my list. Lot. Yes, yep, that was uh, my number two. Yeah, I also had Dungeons and Dragons: Dark Alliance.
1: Yes, that was my number three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and no. the actual, the actual game that I picked is one that you probably have not thought about in months Uh-oh. because it's Destruction All Stars. Which was a All-Stars.
1: Oh, that was the racing! <laughs> that was the one that was going to be like Twisted Metal!
0: Yes, it was the oh. resurrection of the vehicular combat genre. It was a PS5 exclusive. So, issue number one, very limited number of PS5s. Not a whole lot of people were going to be able to buy it. Initially, they said the game was going to be $70. Whoa. Everyone kind of revolted against that. And then Sony ended up saying that it was going to be released for free with PS Plus. And Nobody played it. It was immediately filled with bots. The game was basically dead on arrival from day one. Um, it was just incredible how quickly that game died. The, the idea of being able to fight in vehicles is still great. I have my computer that's got a bunch of emulators and stuff that I have hooked up to my TV. I'll play old games like cell damage on Xbox and it still holds up. My kids love playing it. So I think that this kind of game could do well. I think just being a PS5 exclusive with no player base, it was just such a disappointment because I think the game itself is actually fine. Just nobody played it.
1: Yeah, it's sad when that happens, you know, and I don't know why that happens. Titan, the Titanfall series is famous for that. Very well done games from Titanfall to Titanfall 2. And they just never caught on with the, with, at least with the PC gaming crowd. They did slightly better on console, but there's just, there's a lot of games out like the cycle. We've mentioned, how many times have we mentioned that? Where there's games that are legitimately very good all around that just don't catch on for whatever reason. Then there's games that have a really great premise to them, but then are ruined by certain mechanics. Do you remember, uh, what was it? Killing Edge, killing, what was the one with the the hero brawler where we were getting stun locked? Bleeding Edge. Oh, Bleeding do you remember Edge. Bleeding Edge where you were just stun locked yeah, yeah, yeah. the entire time? And they were Ugh. like, "Dude, that's terrible! Like, who wants to play this?" Uh, Hood Outlaws and Legends. Right? I, I mean, that's not a terrible game, with the exception of the assassination mechanic. And there's a couple other things there too that can snowball. But I mean, the bones of the game were were solid. You know, but it's just certain things that can just completely ruin a game for people. But you get a low population to where matchmaking isn't good. You know, there's not enough people to play and people try it and then they go, this just doesn't click with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of disappointing releases for this year. Let's bounce back to, well, I I guess technically this could be good or bad, but let's talk about most memorable moment. Now, I went with a most positive memorable moment. I don't know about you, uh, but why don't you go first? What was your most memorable gaming moment in 2021?
1: This is such a tough category because like, that's the beauty of gaming, right? Is it's made of memorable moments, you know? Uh, you know, just a week ago, we're playing Halo and I grapple hook. This guy was me and this guy in a firefight. I dropped off a cliff. I grapple hooked behind him. He thought I fell off the cliff. So he's looking down for me and I just melee him in the back and, and kill him instantly. And I was like, oh, it's so great, <laughs> you know? So it's like you start thinking of these things and it's like, man, what stands out to me? What do I remember? And for me, the it's Resident Evil 8. So when we were playing The Village, it's the part in House Beneviento, Uh where Uh it's it's creepy. And then all of a sudden, you hear this baby just making these googly, (laughs) goo-goo sounds. And then I'm already freaked out. And then I'm just like, what is that? And then the freaking baby monster comes out. The giant baby fetus. Giant crawling baby fetus that is goo goo gagaing itself at you and i just remember getting completely freaked out i was playing late at night in my office with all the lights out and i just straight up like nope i was like nope this is not <laughs> happening no you know and of course the baby killed me cuz i didn't know what to do but that moment it's just will stick with me for a long long time and what's funny <laughs> is it's the moment that jumped into my mind instantly for this i actually went and googled because I wanted, And the second I heard the baby noises, I got that same reaction to where I was just like, no, nope, uh-uh, no, nope, <laughs> no, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to be a part of this again. I already went through that. Don't want to go through it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gave you PTSD. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I dialed up that scene in YouTube just to rewatch it. And yeah, basically, if you haven't seen the scene, you it it this monster just kind of looks almost like brain matter it's like very soft brown looking but it's got this like giant detachable Aww, mouth and it's yeah. trying to swallow you but it it's just making mama and dada sounds it sounds like a 2 year old toddler giggling and, and oh,
1: cooing and
0: oh. yeah. and it's like you can see like these vocal cords like oh. shaking and moving as it makes noise and I remember saying in the episode when we did the deep dive, when you get in the elevator, I was mashing the yes. button to hit the elevator button. <laughs> uh, I know. To I'm escape, surprised this I didn't monster. break my mouse. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what a memorable moment! It was like truly horrifying. That's Resident Evil at its best.
1: Yes. Yep, oh, 100%. Man. So that's the one that really stands out to me. I, I there were some in Valheim that stood out to me, but those are like that's the, the kind of the nature of Valheim is not everybody's going to experience the same stuff either. You know, and so there were some of those moments as well, but I think the overall that I know people shared was that one for me. What about you? Was it the same one or do you have something different? Okay, I've got
0: something different. Oh. <laughs> I've got Cutie the Elephant, oh, The yes! Death Scene, and It Takes Two. <laughs> That's such a great oh. pick, man. <laughs> Both of these are truly horrifying, and they could not be in more different settings. Like, Resident Evil Village, you expect the horror and the terror. And then It Takes Two just hits you out of nowhere with quite possibly the most disturbing death scene ever in a <laughs> video game. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> there are YouTube videos of, of reaction videos to the death scene because that's how horrifying it is. And I think this hit extra hard. First of all, cause you're not really expecting to drag an elephant as it gets dismembered and it's just crying and yelling that it doesn't want you to kill it. Um, but it comes right in the middle of this family friendly, brightly animated story about reconciling a marriage. And you don't expect this scene, and it kind of just comes out of nowhere.
1: The thing is, too, is that they keep hinting at what's going to happen, yeah. and your brain refuses. Like, that's the thing, right? Is it's like the game kind of hints, like, oh, if we do this, it, you know, there, there's a reason you do it. We'll make the girl you're trying, cry. you're right, we're gonna make the girl yeah. cry, and that's gonna fix everything, and blah, blah, blah. And your brain's just going, like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. Like, I get it, that's the plan, but it's not gonna happen. And then when it starts happening, your brain is just yelling at you going this isn't going to happen. It's it's not going to happen, guys. And then it just keeps happening and the whole time you're just going like this isn't happening. This isn't happening.
0: Well, and and you think that even if they are going to, you know, kill this stuffed uh stuffed animal elephant that it's going to like take place off screen or something. Maybe we'll like push it out a window. But they actually make you actively keep pressing buttons. To drag this elephant, it it really is truly horrifying. I think it might also qualify as, like, saddest video game moment of the year, but uh, I think that these two, for me, were were the two tops. The giant baby fetus monster and cutie the elephant.
1: It's... Man, the... Yes, such good choices right there. <laughs> I mean, oh, man, that, that part's crazy. I could not believe that the game went through with it. I think that's the thing that drives it home and makes it so incredible at the same time. <laughs> when it's all said and done, I remember you and I just kind of laughing and then being like, did that just happen? Oh, and, yeah. And then we're just like, "What?
0: what is this? <laughs> but there were people who legit stopped playing It Takes Two because of that scene, they're like, no, I'm not playing this game yeah. anymore. I didn't know what I was signing up for. <laughs> and then the rest of the game is not like that at all. I, I think that's why it hits so hard. It's just, you know, earlier you see the vacuum cleaner and you suck out its eyes yeah. with the vacuum and stuff like stuff like that is is kind of like weird. But yeah, this was just so much worse with the elephant. Uh, all right. Let's talk about most overrated game of the year. So Ooh. we're not saying it's the worst game of the year. It's just, what's what's a game that critics and people seem to love that you and I maybe just don't quite care as much about?
1: Okay. This one, I'm going to catch flack for this, because I played... I, I have two like nominees on this one, but one of them I did not play. So I'm going to talk about this one nominee, but it's not my actual choice, and I'll make it quick, but Far Cry 6. Okay? <laughs> okay. Now, I can't say that it's overrated, necessarily, because I never played Far Cry 6, But Far Cry 6 felt like it was a reskin of Far Cry 5, of Far Cry 4, of Far Cry 3. Anybody that played Far Cry 6 had exactly the same thing to say about it. It's fine. Like, that's all I've heard is it's fine. Giancarlo Esposito as the villain, that sounded amazing, but it's just more of the same. Like, I don't think there was anything unique about Far Cry 6 at all. I had zero interest in playing it. Uh, and I didn't really hear much acclaim or hoopla or anything about it. Everybody that I know that played it just went, yeah, it's it's fine. And, and that's like, ugh, that's sad that the Far Cry series has gotten to that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I don't know if I would call it most overrated as much as I would call it unasked for. Yeah, kind of, that's a, good in point. a way, so Yeah, because I, I brought it up on Metacritic out of curiosity, and it's rated a 74. So it's kind of like, so, eh, it's yeah. a pedestrian release. Right,
1: yeah, it's okay. You know, that's
0: the general thing,
1: but it's like the Far Cry series was a great series at one point and maybe not so much now. Okay. So I'm ready to get slaughtered. I'm ready for the, the anger (laughs) and the, the, you know, the, the what? But I played this game a lot. I, I, I mean, I probably have five hours or so in it. Forza Five. Oh, okay. I did not see Forza Five came out and the world loved it. I mean, just absolutely loved it. It was getting tens. It was getting just reviewed like this was the golden child of of 2021. If you're a racing fan, this was just the most amazing racing game to release in the last few years. I was like, I haven't played a racing game in a long time. I historically like racing games. So let me check this out. And I played it for four or five hours and I got three. Thoroughly bored, and I just went, I don't understand why people like this game so much. The graphics are incredible, but all I'm doing is just driving around. And one road looks just like the other road. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Some of them are off-road, some of them are on-road. And I get that there's a thousand cars, I get that there's different weather, I get that there's different missions you can do, but it's all just driving. And it's like, I don't understand like the love of this game. And so for me, that was the most overrated because this game got phenomenally reviewed. And I just went, I I don't get it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I think for you and me in particular, we don't really care for driving games all that much. So no matter how good... A driving game is received no matter how well they do it you and i are just going to ultimately get bored we need to be able like mario kart to shoot other people right we need some other element along with it yeah i need that death yeah. and dismemberment to go along with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. you know i i i'm with you my son played a lot of it on uh, xbox game pass I, I i believe it was on there i just have zero desire to play driving games the one time that i will make an exception I do like playing them in arcades. So if I'm at like Dave and Buster's with the family, yes. we'll we'll all jump in. That's my
1: favorite game to play. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think because it's a little more immersive. You're racing next to someone. I, I just think that's innately more fun. I think if you did like split screen multiplayer, maybe I'd be more interested. But if I'm just gonna play online against people that I'm not talking to and I can't see, I, I just get bored.
1: Yeah. So I know I know that's not a popular opinion by any means but it's the game that I really wanted to like and as I played it and I gave it a fair shot but as I played it I just went I just this is overrated man.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what about you? All right. So by nature overrated means most people like it. It means the game's getting recognition. All right. What better game to say is overrated than the one that wins the big award? at the Uh, game awards yeah it's it takes two Uh, i i like it takes two i enjoyed it more than you did but how is this game winning game of the year is beyond me it's not even the best game that this developer has made in the last five years uh you and i both liked a way out a lot more than it takes two i thought it takes two was perfectly fine i did I I don't see Game of the Year award win worthy. I think this game is a solid B. Yeah, maybe I agree. you could talk me into a B plus at the most, but this game does not deserve to show up on the Wikipedia page of historical Game of the Year winners. I I think, oof, it, it's it's not even it's like, simplistic. Every, is it's, the, it's, it's it's simplistic, and everyone kept talking about it being revolutionary. No. I was like there's nothing in this game that's revolutionary. You know
1: what it is? It 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 did help to revive couch co-op a little bit. Yeah. And so the multiplayer aspect is fun. Like even even with us, we did not play it in the same room, but the screen is always split screen. Right. You know, even then. And so it it's geared that way. I think it did help to revive that couch co-op feeling in that genre a little bit. But while I think it's a fine game, and in hindsight I probably would not have murdered it at this point, I don't think there's anything about it other than the cutie, the elephant part. And the fact that the co-op is fun, but even with the co-op, a lot of the stuff is so simple, you know, like a lot of the, the experiences that you go through and the game progresses. And so, you know, there's different elements there, you know, flying elements and shooting elements and stuff like that. None of those elements are phenomenal in any way, you know? And so when you take something that is good, but not great as a whole, It's just good. It's not great. Yes. (laughs) And I feel the same way, man. You know, I do. I I said I understand why at one game of the year. I I get that. But I think that's also very reflective on 2021 as a whole.
0: Yeah, I think the irony is that, you know, this is made by the same guy who did Brothers. uh, What's the subtitle? A Tale of Two Sons and A Way Out. Great game. And It Takes Two. I think it takes 2 is the worst out of those 3 games. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's a pretty game. It's,
1: you know, it, it it has stuff going for it. Like I said, I I understand why it was voted the way that it is, but I'm with you that I feel like that is drastically overrated to especially win game of the year at the same time. Did you have a runner up on this one cuz I have an easy runner
0: up. I I do. It's Deathloop for me. It's Deathloop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah again it's a game that was fine it was fun it's It's got good stuff in it in an average year though you're not giving that game the most nominations i don't know
1: no it's i love the developer dishonored is great i nothing against arcane studios there um it's just it was fine it did not grab me in any way to make me go this is phenomenal you know, um, in a game of the year nominee or winner, either. So, I was just curious because that one was a up. That would have been the easy choice for me, but I wanted to throw myself under the bus a little bit with the fours of five pick because I know people are going to get upset about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and like we said before, these are all good games. We right. just think they are overrated. Right? Exactly. <laughs> all right. Next category on our list: best value game. So, what's going to give peasy. you the the most bang for your buck valheim oh you have Val- valheim. valheim 20 dollars okay. for the amount of fun that we
1: had in valheim i told you i was going to bring valheim up later on um it, there is not a game in the world that i can think of i mean we probably had what 80 hours 100 hours in oh valheim. i think probably 100 maybe hours, more yeah. you know somewhere for, around there for 20 dollars and i'll be honest man there is a little bit of grind to Valheim. I know you mm-hmm. spent many an hour cooking for the the team, and I spent many an hour pickaxing copper to try to get bronze and stuff like that. It There is some grind, but I genuinely loved almost every minute that I played Valheim. And you not know? only
0: the good things that happened. Yes! I really treasure the memory of Jared not being able to build our teleporter not having the eye and losing everything until it all got recovered the next day like even the stuff that went bad in that game i look back on very fondly i never felt like rage quitting i I maybe hit moments where it's like i'm done for today right but then as soon as i woke up the next day i just kept thinking i can't wait to get back into valheim
1: yeah i it's for when you We're talking about best value game. That implies either this game is giving you a 1,000 hours of content for your 60 bucks or whatever. But Valheim was never priced as a AAA title. I mean, it was priced perfectly, in my opinion. And a $20 game that you can get that kind of enjoyment out of is second to none, in my opinion. And they're still developing it. Valheim is technically still early access, <laughs> Which I is mean, wild. they just did their hearth and home update. I'll be honest. I could care less about cooking and the decorations in your house. I know like some people love it, uh, you know, and, and that's great. I know that they're starting to expand on the, uh, I think they call them the mist lands and some of the other zones that are the new zones. I know after that, the game plan is that they're going to add more monsters and focus on combat and polishing that up and everything else. I'm super excited. I will go back to Valheim in a heartbeat, dude. Yeah, you know, I really would. And I would love every minute of it, I think, all over again.
0: Yeah. I mean, the first playthrough is always going to be the best because you have the discovery of everything. And on our episode, you know, we did, I guess, you know, spoiler, spoil certain things that happen. Like the first time you start chopping down trees and one falls on you, you die, you know, and that's very unexpected. So the first time you experience all those things, it's the best. The first time we fought the elder tree. Yeah, with the giant lost tendrils. Your Do you remember
1: your corpse? Oh, I you lost... lost your everything. Yes. And yeah. it was a bug in the game. Like it was just your corpse is gone. It's not My like we can't find was underground. It. Yeah. And so I remember, you know, that was one of those moments where you were pretty, you know, rightfully so frustrated. But then it's like you said, you look back on it and you're like, man, you remember that fight with the elder and the guy who's like tendrils come <laughs> out and it wrecked us. And but then what's funny is it knocked down these ancient trees that we had no ability to farm. And yeah. because we could then collect the ancient wood, it kind of catapulted us a little bit in progression. And it's awesome when that can happen in a game just just kind of naturally like that. So yeah, for me, I will say this. there, I don't want to name any names, but there's a, a Discord user that has tried Valheim and has said, I can't believe you guys like this game. I tried it, and I don't think it's fun at all. And mm-hmm. my... Number one, everybody's different. Number two, I remember saying, well, did you play it with friends? And they went, no. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we said in the episode, this is not a single player game. Like, You can play it solo, but I think you're missing a massive like, a- opportunity to enjoy this game at that point. I would not like Valheim if I was playing it solo.
0: I- I'm with you. I think you certainly could play it solo, but you're going to have to sink a heck of a lot of time in order to beat the game. I think you're probably going to have to sink 500 hours or something, because we had the benefit of eight of us running yeah. around, collecting copper, and marking things on the map for one another. It was a lot easier for us. But I don't know if any game has ever quite combined exploration with combat and boss fights better than Valheim did. It's, it's the perfect mix of all that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, best value game is Halo Infinite multiplayer. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, like, is is that a value,
1: though? Because I thought about going that route, and then I was like, I don't know.
0: Now, my my backup answer, in case you said Halo was not valid, I think this uh, answer is going to make you mad, but Knockout City.
1: Uh, I mean, we had a lot of fun with that game when it first came out. (laughs) And that's another free-to-play game, though.
0: Yeah, free-to-play, and if you like it, it's kind of like Rocket League, where if it is your jam, you're going to put hundreds and hundreds of hours, crazy simple controls, and the fact that it's PvP is just unlimited content. You're not going to run out of stuff to do, you're just going to play it till you get bored. So I thought that would also qualify as a best value game.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime a game is free, it's a good value, especially if you can get a lot of hours out of it. You know, at that point. And I I look back at Knockout City and I kinda go like, eh. But when we were playing it, we were having a lot of fun with that game. Like I felt Mm -hmm. like our enjoyment was you know, it, it burned bright, but then it burned out real fast. You know, and it's like I don't think I'll ever play Knockout City again, but I do remember the times that we were playing and we had a full team, it being a lot of fun. It what it does, it does very well. It just doesn't do a lot.
0: Yeah, especially once we, when you can communicate and you understand all the power-ups and all the putting spin on the ball, it can become pretty fun, especially if you play as a team. Yeah. All right, so that's a couple of good value picks. Uh, Valheim, Knockout City, Halo Infinite multiplayer. Next one on the list, best indie or under-the-radar game? This one I had to think about
1: for a little while, because I'm getting to where I really enjoy indie games. And I start actually looking for indie games because maybe it's just 2021 that did that to me because a lot of the AAA titles were vastly underwhelming or, or just getting straight pushed. out disappointing, <laughs> you know, or got pushed to 2022. So we can't talk about it. I think for me, this one, this one caught me off guard. And I, I think it's a very good game that is probably under the radar for a lot of people. And that's The Forgotten City. Oh, okay. I forget how we found out about The Forgotten City. Um, I don't remember... Somebody brought it up. I forget how we actually found out about it. But it was a very, very pleasant surprise when we started playing it. It was very well done. We said in our episode on it that it feels like a AAA title with how well it's polished and the voice acting and all that stuff. Um, So I'm going to say that I think it's you know, the best under the radar game, because this game is thoroughly enjoyable in a lot of aspects, but not many people have played it. And if you said, hey, have you heard of the Forgotten City? I think a lot of people are going to go the what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a very good pick. Great game. Super fun, even just to fool around. I mean, I know every once in a while, I would just start shooting my bow at everyone in the city just to, Yeah. yeah, Yeah, sometimes you got to (laughs) just not play by the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, This one I struggled with a little bit to know what to give it to because, uh, you know, some of the best indie games, I think, were things like Loop Hero, Valheim is an indie game, but I wanted to come up with like a different answer. So the one that I have is a game that did get recognized as the best action game in the Game Awards But the game has only sold 500,000 copies, and I feel like it's under the radar only because most people don't have access to PS5s. But I'm going to give it to Returnal.
1: I have not played Returnal, but I have heard very good things about it. You even messaged me and were like, you've got to play this game. I think this game is right up your alley. Yeah. And I have heard a lot of positive things about it. But I think because it is a PS5 exclusive that, like you said, just maybe maybe it is under the radar. So that might be a great pick, but I've just never played it. So what what makes it so great?
0: Yeah, th- I, I I think what I had told you is I feel like this game was tailor-made to everything that you love. Because it is a roguelike game. So basically you play, I think her name is Celine. You crash land on a planet. The planet is uh procedurally generated you start running around you get to find some weapons you get some power ups you fight some monsters inevitably you die and all of a sudden your plane crashes back on the planet but now the planet's different and you start to find artifacts and things so you see that you've been here before and you start to put pieces of the story together but i think what you would like really about it is the fact that it's incredibly difficult The difficulty curve on this game is high. The only thing that you'll really see people complain about are people who don't understand what roguelike means, and they get frustrated that they die and they lose items. But the game is very difficult. It requires a lot of dashing, a lot of hiding behind objects. You have to have really good aim because you die very fast in Returnal. But I think that the story is very engaging. The gunplay is out of this world. And you do find different weapons, and they all have different alternate fires. Oh, that's always nice. And when you start to throw all this stuff together, it's just a fantastic game. I have nothing bad to say about it. Um, I'm just a little frustrated because I haven't been able to play it a whole lot. Because my kids really love it. So I started playing it, and then my kids are like, oh, I'm going to start playing that. And now I need to fight with them over time on the PS5. So I'm still relatively early on in Returnal. But for me, I'm really enjoying it. I just wish more people had the chance to play it, because it's a PS5 exclusive. Well, hopefully
1: with, you know, this PS5, the PS5 stuff and Sony, they're talking about not having as many exclusives. So this is one that maybe will come to PC, you know, next year after it's been exclusive for a while or something like that. Yeah, I'm very curious on that game. I know. The the one complaint that I've heard about it is that it's too hard. I've seen people brag that said, hey, you know, what's one of your best accomplishments in 2021? And somebody <laughs> was like, I beat
0: Returnal. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was like, Whoa, that sounds, that sounds crazy.
0: It's uh, one of those games where the trophy for beating the game is like 2% <laughs> yeah. of, of the people who own it have beaten it. Yeah. It, it, it's a tough game for sure. All right. I love this next category. Favorite new character. Oh, this is easy for me. This is a great one. I love it. What what, I, what do you got?
1: I fell in love with this character almost right away. I think this character deserves a place in every single video game that is ever made. <laughs> really? Honestly, yes. I have no
0: clue who this is.
1: This character is, number one, My my boy. He's my buddy. We would be friends in real life. He is the most helpful video game character I have ever seen in a video game, ever. And his name is Galerius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, okay. I, I, I'm with you now. So, I'm with you. Since this game is under the radar, I have to explain <laughs> this, this pick. So in The oh. Forgotten City, if, you're, if you haven't heard that episode, there's a character... Forgotten City is a time loop game, right? It runs off a time loop mechanic. And one of the big complaints there is that if I feel like I have to do the same stuff over and over and over again, that gets still very quickly. Well, the way that they solve this problem in the Forgotten City, and should be done in every game that exists, is Galerius greets you as soon as you come back to the world.
0: Every Ultimate move. gopher.
1: Right. And he and you can tell him, hey, Galerius, I've figured this out. I need you to run and go tell so-and-so not to jump off this cliff. Or I need you to go give this antidote to this person because they've been poisoned. Yeah. And so Galerius just happily, with a smile on his face, just says, "Sure, I'll go do that right now." And he runs off, and you can see him running through the city, doing these errands that you have sent him on, saving you countless hours of of mundane gameplay because you've already done all this. And I love that man so much, dude. I the, he is easily the favorite, my favorite character that I have seen in a video game in all of 2021
0: oh it's so funny because galerius is just so quick to just trust and do whatever you say because he doesn't know who you are he does not know that you're in a time loop and you've met him a hundred times and you just go hey galerius i'm from the future just take my word for it go do all of these annoying errands and he just does it with a smile on his face and you can even hear the conversations where they're like well, well, who told you this, Galerius? And he's like, just uh, a guy came and told me, just go ahead and do it. I've got other stuff to go do. And then he'll just run and do the next errand. But yeah, what a funny mechanic in the Forgotten City.
1: You're my boy, Galerius. If you're out there listening, I love you, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good, good pick. Uh, For me, my favorite new character... Lady Demetrescu from oh, Resident Evil Village. Oh, that's a good one.
1: It is. She yeah. added so much to the game. We have talked about this in that when you play Resident Evil Village, they make such a big deal about Lady Demetrescu and it's a small part of the game overall. That's the part yep. that kind of you don't realize, but it's such a memorable part and she's such a memorable character and when you're interacting with her in the game, like those interactions are memorable. And I it's a it's one of those characters that just came out of nowhere. They they did they did it so well, they made her memorable in a lot of different ways. You know, it's she's a great character, honestly. I could see her being you know, having her own video game offshoot or something like that. It's just that's a good pick.
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed her. Uh I thought it would be funny, and I, I didn't prep you for this, so if you don't have an answer, that's perfectly fine. Well. But I also have a very clear least favorite new character, and it's Echo 216 from Halo Infinite. Dude, uh, that guy whines and complains he is so the entire whiny. campaign.
1: I he yeah. thinks he's gonna die. He's constantly freaking out. At what point does your fear mechanism wear off? Like if Dude. you're if you're in war, at some point you're just gonna go. I don't care if I die like screw these guys man like you want to come take me out come take me out but this guy
0: is just constantly whining the entire time I'm, I'm with you on that one dude it's so funny because it's like he acts surprised every single time Master Chief says no we're not flying away we need to go do this next part of the mission and all over he's like what we're all gonna die I'm not flying there and then he goes and does it. Master Chief kills everybody, blows everything up. At some point, you think he would get used to the cycle. But yeah, Echo 216, I found to be a little bit of a wet blanket in Halo Infinite. If I had any actual complaints about the campaign, I would say Echo 216. He just was not my jam.
1: Mine's a very easy choice on this one, Paul.
0: And it's Dr. Hakeem, the Dr. Book Hakim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> collaboration, so <laughs> collaboration. <laughs> yeah he was the worst <laughs> oh man all right a uh, couple last categories here obviously we're running out of time uh i i liked this category i came up with this one here what is the best game that you played in 2021 regardless of the release year What's the best thing you played here over the last 12 months?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I, I would just default back to like Rocket League. I Dude, I love that game so much. I, I, lo- I play it every single day. I It's the most competitive video game that I've ever been a part of. I love it. I hate it because I'm bad sometimes. Um, but I know people get tired of hearing me talk about Rocket League. So what I did on this one is I actually went, What what's a game that really, really I enjoyed playing? that did release in 2021. So I know you said, hey, it doesn't have to, but I wanted to kind of go back to a game because we haven't mentioned this game yet. And I absolutely loved playing this game. And that's Outriders. Mm. Outriders came out in, I think, April of 2021. So it was fairly early in the year. And to me, Outriders was a phenomenal time. We played it with our buddy Andy, uh, you know, who we don't get to game with a whole lot. That game, the, there was so much to enjoy about Outriders. It was an incredible ride from start to finish. It was not without its flaws. I'm not saying that this is a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination. The class that I played was probably one of the most bugged classes that exists to, make, to where the game was unplayable for me in a lot of different ways. But man, was Outriders, when, when it clicked, it clicked beyond belief. And so when I think about... What's a game that I look back and I go, man, I absolutely loved playing this game with my friends. You know, there's a few. I, Valheim ranks up there, but I don't want to mention Valheim for every category. I started thinking about it and I was like, dude, Outriders. Now, they just released some DLC um, and they they have an expansion coming up. So there was free DLC, but then they actually have a, like a paid expansion that's coming up too. And I want to play it. I want to get back into it because that IP is phenomenal, If they would fix the bugs, they already fixed a lot of, like, they took the timer off of expeditions and stuff, so they're listening to the players, and they're genuinely trying to make it even better. But for, yeah, I love that game,
0: man. (laughs) Uh, Did you say you thought it came out in April? Do you forget the exact date that this released, Josh? Oh, wait, was this uh, April Fool's Day? It came out on April Fool's Day. (laughs) Okay, I did forget about that, because I was like, this is going to be a joke, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, goodness. uh. I'll I'll hold my comments for Outriders for about 30 seconds Ooh. here. Oh, okay. My favorite game... So my, my thought was, what's something new that I played in 2021 that I thought was the best? And it's got to be The Witcher 3. Oh, I famously welcome held to off. the world, Paul. <laughs> I know, and I know I'm years <laughs> behind. It's fine. I always said I was going to wait until my deathbed, because it was the last great game that I had not played. And I, as soon as I got that, like stage four cancer diagnosis. I was just going <laughs> to lay it back and start to play the Witcher. I was going to just wait and let that be one of my last experiences, but I finally picked it up. I mean, there's nothing to say. It's, it's an all time great. One might say it's yeah. the all time greatest RPG. I mean, um, it- I I might not say that. Amongst professionals. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What a great game. Witcher 3 is fantastic. Yeah. I wish
1: I could go back and experience that again. I'm a little jealous, but I'm so glad that you got to experience it without being on your deathbed. That makes me happy. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Next category here favorite new IP. All right. Now, if any of you out there don't know what IP means, it's intellectual property. And famously games, movies, books, it's a lot of sequels, right? It's spin-offs and sequels, and it's hard to get something that's brand new, that's going to set things up for the future. My favorite new IP is Outriders. Yes. Great as choice. much as I loved Valheim, when Valheim 2 comes out, it's gonna be great, right? But when I think about setting things up for the future, Outriders is going to be a long-running franchise. I can tell you that right now. Outriders was so incredibly good. It had all the perfect mechanics to make an all-time great game. It just got killed with bugs. It got killed with technical issues, people losing all their inventory. These are all real problems that happen with Outriders. But they have already said that they see this as being a tentpole moving forward in the future, future DLC, future installments. I could not be more excited for anything more than future Outriders content. I I, I think in a couple of years, we might look back on Outriders like the early days of Mass Effect or the early days of where you see this becoming a new major hitting franchise. I I really hope we get to see a lot more from Outriders. I'm,
1: I'm with you completely, dude, because there's so much fun to be had in that game. It's so incredibly well done when it works. The combat in that game is second to none. Like it really it really is. It's it's almost like I get that they're different games, but Outriders I feel is the the success that everybody wanted Anthem to be. Yeah. You know, and and, and I'm not saying that Outriders is without its flaws cuz believe me there's some massive ones there. Um and hopefully they fix those, but when it comes to incredible effects, abilities, like when I popped an ability in Outriders, I got excited every single time that I yep. pushed that button. Like, honestly, because I knew something amazing was about to happen. You know, the, the, the expeditions that you go on with your buddies had the perfect challenge level to where if you messed up, you'd die. How many times did we wipe? on certain expeditions and a then time. try it again and try it again and finally beat it and just jump out of your chair and be like yeah we did it like yes you know virtual high fives and and you know they set up a world that is super cool at the same time it, and so they can just they can just move on with that the the bones are there the basics are there and they're incredible i'm with you completely and that i cannot wait to have more Outriders content or Outriders 2 with new classes or just double up the abilities and give us new ways to play and stuff like that. And they've already started that process. I don't know how much you've looked into the DLC and the, uh, the free content that they've released, but they're making it to where you are not locked in to one like optimal path for your skill tree. Because when they took away the timers... You don't have to rush through everything. So DPS is no longer king. So some of these like skill trees where you can be super tanky and you can maybe help your teammates out a little bit more instead of it just being a mad DPS race. So those are starting to go away. So to me, that's opening up a very bright future for some really amazing potential.
0: Yeah, I. I th- this might sound kind of funny, but whenever you make a looter shooter, I feel like the focus is always on the weapons. And Outriders did focus a lot on the weapons, but they focused a lot on the abilities. And when you mix those two together and you start getting some wild attachments, I think that's one of the best things with Outriders. I I don't mind grinding a little bit to learn new weapons, break them down, put those components in other gear, and even having such wide range to where it's like, every time you reload this weapon, you do damage. Where I was running around doing melee abilities and pounding, you know, guys with my fists and then being able to teleport forward and then reload my guns. It was it felt so different and it felt so new and fresh. I, I just can't wait to get more outriders on my hands. Yeah. So do, do you have a different answer for best new IP or is that nope. yours?
1: No, nope, that was mine <laughs> as well. So
0: <laughs> all right. And then uh last category that we'll cover here, most surprising game could be You were surprised at how good it was, surprised at how bad it was. This is almost kind of like a wild card category, but what would you have for this one? I have two because
1: both of these are... Number one, both of these are DLC, and they're kind of tied for me. Um, And when it comes to DLC for games that really stand out to you, when the originals are absolutely incredibly memorable games... And then you try to tack some DLC onto it. There's always that, is this really going to hold up to the original? And I'm not saying that these are as good as the originals, but they're darn close. And when you come darn close to how great these original games are, that's good enough for me. And so I was very surprised by how much I enjoyed these. So I've got a tie on this one. The first one is The Outer Wilds. They had their DLC called Echoes of the Eye, which I played a lot of. That's one of those ones that completely engrossed me. I played it for hours and hours and hours over the course of like a week or so and just beat it. It was, you know, I couldn't wait to play it. I couldn't wait to progress. I couldn't wait to unlock the mysteries. I know you're not a fan of Outer Wilds, but it's to me, it's one of those extremely memorable games. And I was expecting the DLC to not be all that great, and I was very pleasantly surprised when it was quite awesome, actually, and it was very, very reminiscent and in line with the original game. And then the other one is Subnautica Below Zero, because Mm. Subnautica is an absolutely phenomenal game. I think everybody in the world should play it. Um, and below zero was DLC that they had been working on for a long time. It was an early access for I feel like two years almost. And I managed to stay away. I just said, I'm going to play this when it's fully released. I don't want to have, you know, anything spoiled or I don't want to play like three quarters of the way through and then have to wait. And that was another DLC that was really, really good. It's not as great as the original. I don't know that anything can be, but man, was I pleasantly surprised with that one as well, because I feel like it was like $15 and I got like, uh, I don't know, 20 hours worth of Subnautica gameplay out of that as well. So those two, I was just so happily surprised with how good they were and how they really paid tribute to the original games that were absolute masterpieces
0: yeah it's so rare to get that good dlc that that still holds up yeah all right mine is on the positive side something that i found to be a a a delight it was very surprising because it was not even the title of the game it was a throw-in and it's bowser's fury which was thrown in with super mario 3d world I, now I didn't play that, but my wife played it
1: and she, mm-hmm. she thought the exact same thing is like, she was just like, this is, why don't they make it a full, like a full game out of this?
0: Yep. I think that's kind of what everyone thought. Cause Bowser's Fury, I believe you could play its entirety in 60 to 90 minutes. It was very short, but you know, why, why did it take this long to do an open world Mario game? I, I, it's almost like, let's take the best parts of Mario and the best parts of Zelda, marry them together, and guess what? It works great. You run around, you activate these cat shrines, you get a 7,000-foot a, a Bowser coming out of the ocean yeah. with heavy metal music and fire raining down all around you. It was such a neat game. I, I thought that one of the other cool things that they did Was where you didn't have a certain number of lives like you always have in Mario. You just lost 50 coins every time you died. But every time you got a hundred coins, the game would give you a special ability that was like in your bank that you could then use later. So I would not be shocked at all because of the success of Bowser's Fury to maybe see that, you know, beefed out into a full game. But the fact that that was literally like a toss in just as like an extra carrot to go buy Super Mario 3D World. And I think almost everybody who bought it actually did it just for Bowser's Fury.
1: I'm sure they... I know that's why we bought it. Like, you know how I feel about remakes. Now, my wife was excited to play, you know, the the Mario on the Switch. And I'm like, it's going to be the same, you know? Yeah. But it was just like... But the the Bowser's Fury really was a huge selling point on that. And I mean, that was what? Like three hours worth of content, maybe? Yeah, I feel it, like it, it wasn't a whole even lot, less. but yeah, but it really made an impression on a lot of people. And I remember actually watching her when Bowser was coming out. And like you said, it was such a cool moment. It was so atmospheric with the metal and the sky would change colors and the meteors would start falling down. And it was just a very well done thing. I really hope that Nintendo runs with that mindset, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's hard to go wrong with any Mario game. I mean, they're all great, but I do hope that they lean more into some kind of open world idea. All right. Well, Josh, I think that's all we got here for this episode. We are going to have another bonus round episode next week because we did this last year. We're going to continue it moving forward. We're going to start out each year by recapping the previous year and then doing a preview So next week, we are going to talk about all the upcoming games for 2022 that we cannot wait to play. And I'll be curious to see how many of them get pushed to 2023. Uh, Hopefully none of them, but we will talk about that next week. And then also, just as a reminder for everybody listening, please make sure to jump into Spotify. Rate us five stars in there. And I think that's it for today. Any closing thoughts or anything else for 2021 gaming?
1: It's good to be back, man. I- I'll be honest; it's you know, it was nice having a little bit of a break, but it's just so nice to be able to chat video games again. I love being able to record this show. You know, 2021 was an interesting year, that's for sure. I'll be very curious since we're going to do the 2022 preview. What we need to do is remember at the end of 2022 to come back to that preview and say what worked. <laughs> <laughs> like what didn't you know yeah, where, that were kind we of right, stuff where were we right where were we wrong yeah exactly
0: yeah should we release the next deep dive game because it is the next deep dive yeah, I, think I think we should probably funny. tell the people yeah. you want to tell them
1: yeah we're doing so this was legendary uh we had a new legendary supporter man. Uh, support, support, or support or <laughs> <But> <laughs> supporter, supporter, whatever. But uh joined. He's been super active. Uh, you know, we love having you in the Discord, Man, Thank you for the support. But if you're a legendary supporter, you do get to pick a game for Paul and I to play, and he picked Little Nightmares Two. Uh, and I've actually been playing it a decent bit. I think I'm probably maybe halfway through it at this point. I know that it's not a super long game. But it's a very memorable game for sure. And so that's going to be our next deep dive uh, is Little Nightmares 2.
0: Yeah. So if you guys want to play that one in the meantime, we are going to be releasing an episode on that in two weeks. So that gives you a little bit of time. And uh, I think that's it. So if you want to help support the show, please rate us five stars. Leave a review. Make sure to check out our Patreon page at multiplayer squad.com if you would like to help support us there. And then we'll see you guys for a twig episode on Thursday where we'll cover this week in gaming. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. Happy gaming to everyone. We'll see you on Thursday.
1: We're back. And <laughs> uh, we're goodbye. I'll <laughs> <laughs> see you everybody.